ready to start? Yep. We all have our coffee. I have my coffee. I, have my... I thought, I thought we, we did start. <laughs> Is this, how many times do we start this podcast? Five. Until Five the golden knights can actually step. Yeah, that's right. All right, here we go. They're going around again. Filled for three and a half minutes. All right, Matt. Seriously, now I got game face on now. Okay. Got my game face on. Here we go. Focus. Serious. All right. And welcome back to another episode of the podcast that still has no name. I'm Matt Jolly. And joining me today, as always, Rick Peterson and Rob Ryder. Welcome, guys. Hey, it's it's so nice to be here and know that you're you're coming home, Matt. Well, we were just talking yes, within about a that. week. That's right, seven days and counting, and I I I am so excited about this. This will be the last broadcast from the undisclosed location in the Middle East, and I'm excited about that. Uh, and then you have that. How long is it? 14, oh, 16 hour no. flight. Yeah, about sixteen hours. And you know, here's the thing about that. Um, just to let everybody in, we we decided today that we we would not have a guest other than other than John Melby and we're we're excited about yes, that. We're going to try and get Cuz we owe that to John. We do. And we're going to try and get him on here. But before we before we bring in the John Melby, we we wanted to just share with you because people have been asking about this. I mean, they they want to hear some travel stories from uh, from our dear friend Rick Peterson. So today we're going to wind him up and let him go and uh, just kind of have a discussion today about travel to and from air shows, and for that matter, you know, just events. But I, I think air shows have something special in them. And the travel gods for air shows, for some reason, seem to be especially, um, well, especially angry at Rick Peterson. Now, I don't know why I'm not that sure is. not sure why. But you have, you have managed to, uh, to really irritate uh, the powers that be when it comes to travel. And why is that? Rick? Well, I... I don't know, but it starts to get under my skin a little bit to think that it's just me. But apparently, I, I, I'm still convinced that it's not just me, that the industry is going through something. And it's not good because I, I see this affect so many people. You know, delays, slight delays, little delays are fine. But when you – I had a missing gas cap on a jet the other week heading down to Davis-Monthan. Holy cow. How did how does the captain comes on and says, well, the guys, the good news is we've got gas and all that stuff. We're ready to go, except uh, we're missing a gas cap. So the guys have gone back to the shop to find one. How do you do that? Well, but I mean, not to get too Isn't serious. Is it the here. size of a manhole cover? I mean, how do you do that? It's <laughs> <How do you laughs> a 767 for crying out loud. This is like it's Seinfeld. Not like the one you pull up in your car at the pump with. Right. They should put chains on them. They do on our cars. <laughs> right, right. It's here. We here we are. We're back to Seinfeld now. You know, we, we've lost the keys to the airplane. But, uh, but no, not not to get too serious. But is this a problem with just airmanship in general as we head into this this new horizon of of air travel, where quite frankly we've lowered standards, we have uh, we've we've dropped the bar, if you will, when it comes to qualifications for these folks to be in the left and and right seats, and for that matter, probably. In the ground handling positions as well. I mean, I, it, you see, it, that this worries is, this me. This is worries you. I've got to get on the plane again this weekend. I've got to get on a plane 29 <laughs> times, times two, because I have to come home too. Matt, I don't want to think about that. I want to know that everything is that they've passed their tests. It doesn't matter how young or experienced they are, that they have an idea of how not to lose a gas cap or, or the other one that I had already this season where. I guess it was the co-pilot that did the walk around and noticed that there was a gouge out of one of the main landing gear tires. 
and uh, the captain broke the news to us that we can't go because uh, we need we need to replace the tire. We don't have a tire in Tucson, uh, so they're going to have to fly one in, and it's going to take a few hours. So we're going to ask you all to get off the airplane, and we'll meet back here again at three o'clock. And that means I've missed my connection, but I still want to get home, so I'm going to hang in there. And uh, then about an hour and a half later, just luckily, while trying to book another flight on the phone uh, with the airline, the guy says to me, I don't think I want to move you off. It looks like you're boarding now. <laughs> no announcement. <laughs> <laughs> we, and it's like herding cats at the airport. You know, all these people have gone and to eat and everything else thinking we're leaving at three now, only to get on board to find out that the airline had, as luck would have it, an inspector on board who decided he'd go down and take a look at the tire. And signed off on it, said, no, nah, it's not that bad. Let's go. And uh, so first I'm thinking, why didn't, couldn't the captain or, or, or the co-pilot, if the captain even ever saw the tire, I don't know. Maybe somebody who flies in the airlines can explain this one to me a little better. But I cannot tell you how upset and frightened some people were at the prospect of suddenly, in an hour and a half, everyone's changed their mind that the tire's fine. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah, well, I poor can woman that. sitting beside me. Her her fingerprints, I'm sure, are still in the vinyl seat cover ahead. She was just terrified that that this was they, ah, they're just doing this to get us to Chicago. Now, Rob, you have solved this problem uh, by <laughs> by creating your own airline, which I think is which I think is great. It's been nice, but occasionally. It gets a little confusing at my end as well. I I was going to Jones Beach last year and I'm in the plane, I'm solo and I'm talking to New York Approach and they're switching me around and I'm trying to do my best to stay on course and go over top of Kennedy Airport. And finally, I'm out over the water near Long Island, near Farmingdale Airport and they say, uh, Blue 85, contact Republic Tower and whatever the frequency was. And I say, you know, thanks, see ya. And I go in and they say, and I said, on the visual for runway one. And that that's the kind of approach. I, I can see the airport, everything's looking good. And within about 30 seconds, while I'm still up six or seven miles out, I hear Republic Tower, Blue Angel 5. I mean, just like that. And I'm thinking, oh, damn, they're doing it to me. These guys are doing it to me because I was timing my uh, my approach to avoid the TFR the, when the Blues were doing their practicing. And so I'm thinking I'm in trouble. And uh, and, and Republic says, Blue Angel 5, uh, 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 what's your, what's your go, blow, go ahead. Blue Angel 5 says, uh, Blue Angel 5, fly to two inbound for the initial. Uh, and then the controller says, yeah, go ahead and then break blue experimental blue eight five turn right hitting zero nine zero contact New York approach one two four point five or whatever the frequency was. So I'm going, damn, these guys, my buddies and the Blue Angels have just shoved me out of the way when I'm on final approach. So I wait and I turn and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting some more and I'm halfway to Dublin, Ireland when they finally turn <laughs> me back in. <laughs> and it turns out that Blue Angels 5 and 6 
Blue Angel 5 set them up on the wrong runway to land. So they had to go all the way around again to land on runway one. But we finally got in. But other than that, uh, and having occasionally to wait an extra day to go home, like this year, getting home from Sun and Fun, it took me an extra day to get back because the weather was so bad. Uh, travel by private air, if what with time to spare, go by private air. And that's what I've been doing, but having a great time in the process. Wow. But, but, but. Gee, Matt and and Rick, I don't have the kind of horror stories that you have. <laughs> some some of which have nothing to do with the flight crew. And Matt. geez, Rob, I don't have the kind of money you have to get myself an <laughs> RV. <laughs> well, and fix the problem. You've got just dealing with Jones Beach, though, Rob, with the air traffic there when oh they sent you goodness. up. I mean, that is a nightmare area to fly yeah. anywhere in the Northeast. is so busy, right? Oh, it is. It's extremely busy. And they'll give you these, what they call a full route clearance, where they have you step by step by step by step. And you got to enter in the flight plan thing on the, in, the, in the airplane, 25, sometimes 25 different waypoints to do this thing and say, okay, I'm ready to go. Meanwhile, the engines turn on. I cannot complain. It's a whole lot better than getting myself on an airplane <laughs> yes, uh, it is. that has a <laughs> shredded tire. Or, 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 or some dead fish. Missing a gas cap. Yeah. Or missing a gas cap. Or missing a gas cap. That's right. But that's that's. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid to, we're headed down in to this pet direction. boys and get another one. I, I'm afraid. So Matt, I really Matt's am got afraid. Figured though. it out though, and we're not letting them get a word in no. edgewise here. No, this is no, cool, Rob. No, we, I, I've just discovered that we have a gate on this system yes. that doesn't, doesn't allow him to be turn heard him from off. over there in the Middle East. But he drives. Don't you drive a bread truck around? Well, yeah. I was going to say I solved the problem. I bought a bread truck. So the yeah the, so the Warbird Radio Live new live truck is is a converted uh, well it's it I don't think it ever was a bread truck but it it's a converted is it a Grumman it's is, a is converted it a Grumman? Grumman and that's the whole reason we bought it is because nice. we wanted we wanted a Grumman I mean who wouldn't want a Grumman right but no kidding yeah so we have a Grumman not Hellcat but we have a <laughs> alley truck. cat yeah an alley cat. That's right. <laughs> so do you find traffic and rolling in is a lot less stressful? You're on your own time machine. You've got a spare tire in case you need one and an extra gas cap. No, it's a bread truck. I don't know if you heard that, oh. Rick. <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> so it's it's not very comfortable. Not, no, it's not comfortable. I, it's like having a kiln right there between uh, you and the passenger seat. I mean, the thing is 7,800, 900 degrees. I drove it to Oshkosh this year was one of the – was one of the worst experiences of my life. I'm not kidding you. It was so unbelievably hot in that truck. It, it never cooled off. And and the reason was <laughs> that the transmission had a uh, had a had a, a vent line in it that was stopped up and but because it's Grumman Ironworks and the engine is uh, a good old Detroit Chevy engine, and it's a big 350 up there. The thing never quit, but it was almost out of transmission fluid by the time we figured out what was going on. The clue was the smoke screen that I had going out behind me <laughs> through Chicago. But, you know, that, that aided. says air show. Yeah, says that air says show. air show. So and, we made and it. And nobody ever, the cops never stopped you for, like, polluting? Well, no. Now, remember, there's 50 cows on the front of this thing. So they literally huh? waved me through the toll booth. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was another Come story. Yeah, which was another story. Not to mention, I don't know if you've seen the front of it, but uh, the artist that, that built this thing, Jason Barnett, uh, put what is supposed to look like bombs on the front of it or torpedoes or something. And it, they're very reminiscent of the old Buick bumpers, the front bumpers. They're these big, bulbous, 
round things that have uh, well they have the little they have the little uh, timing device what were you thinking on the front of it right <laughs> so you know anyway uh, Larry Kelly we all know Larry Kelly right Larry Larry decided that they didn't look like bombs and that they looked like some costume that Madonna would be wearing so I see oh yeah so I yeah, came back and uh, edit edit yeah, yeah she had Why? she had tassels <laughs> on the on the front end of her uh, of her bumper as well, so it it's been festive. But no, I I you know Rick, I did buy a van uh, a few months yes. ago, and I think Manfred Radius has had it correct all these years <laughs> that he's been driving to shows, towing his little trailer with him. I mean, to me, it's it's a lot less stressful. And I, Rick, all kidding aside, I know you've thought about buying a bus several times. I have, yeah, a but you, you'd be out of material. Ooh. I now would. would I would be out of material, wouldn't I? Yeah, because nothing is shady. Talk about a yeah. great way to do it, man. And you could you could hire a driver. <laughs> Me. <Yes. laughs> How quickly <laughs> you guys are turning away from yeah. your modes of transportation. Yeah, but the whole idea of having to pull up to some, you know, sump station to sump it right. out and all that kind of stuff, I don't know. I don't relish the thought of that. But I think the day may be coming if if things don't improve soon. I mean, I have had some pretty good experiences while flying too. I've met some interesting people. I don't. The one thing about flying a lot, as as we do, is you get to meet a lot of people, and uh, you fly in a lot of different airplanes. I've learned very quickly that the last row of uh, of a Dash Eight is um, there is a middle seat between the two window. It's usually two and two, except for the last seat where you're sitting in the middle. I found that out the hard way hmm. by getting ready to sit on uh, on a flight going into Chicago. And I kid you not, I had a, it sounds like the setup for a joke. I had a rabbi and a Neil Diamond lookalike sitting on each side of me. <laughs> and the rabbi and his wife were on their way. Their 13th child was graduating university in Chicago, oh which was a wonderful story. Just having this wonderful story. You know, sitting beside the rabbi, and then to my left every now and then I'd look and look distracted, and I finally broke the ice with him uh, because I had to use their tables when the when the food came down the aisle, like when they they're giving you your snacks and your drinks and stuff. I'm in the middle, exposed with my legs hanging. There's no table in front of you, no seat in front of you. So I convinced her to leave the cart there for a little while so I could at least have something <laughs> to eat up. And then finally, um, the folks to my left, the Neil Diamond lookalike guy. Uh, offered me his table. He said, you can use my table. I'm I'm here with, uh, and he said her. And the way he said her, you first, the first thing that comes to my mind is they ought not to be together. <laughs> it was just a feeling I had that they were on their way to Chicago for something and I'd best not ask, especially with the rabbi right to my right. So I introduced myself and I say, you've probably heard this a thousand times from people, but oh my God, you look like Neil Diamond. And he kind of folded his arms at first and then said, yes, I, I do get that all the time. And uh, I, he says, it's, it's kind of a funny thing. I can't sing to save my life. Meanwhile, this companion he's with has said nothing. In fact, now she's looking out the window, trying not to engage with me at all. So my mind is still rolling around on what might be going on here. So I said, well, what is it you're going to Chicago for? I just met the gentleman on our, our right here. He's the 13th child. It's his last, and the 13th, the youngest, is going to graduate this year. They're going to the graduation. And he said, well, I uh, – he said, I have a very successful company. I, I manufacture um, surgical devices for heart surgeries – uh, prenatal in, in uh, children inside the womb that need something to be done. 
as far as a heart surgery goes. And he says, wow. it's very successful, but I prefer to fly in the back of the airplane and and all that good stuff. And I thought, oh, my God, this guy has made a huge difference in the world. You got another guy sitting to your right that's, you know, talk about family and being there to, to, to watch his youngest of 13 children graduate. And uh, I would have missed any of that if I'd have missed that flight. So there's aspects of it when you meet people. And I like meeting people and getting stories. But wait uh, a minute. Wait, get. you you didn't find out what he was going to Chicago for with her, though. That's the, well, no, he, he, well not, a not with her, here. but they were going. And I gather they were a team. Yes. There is a punchline. No, there's got to be a punchline. You missed it. She was <laughs> – you missed it, Rick. <laughs> you missed the – All this big Come setup on. and there's no punchline. Yeah, line. there's no punchline. He was going – he was going to uh, he was going to sell uh, one of the hospitals in Chicago was buying one of his systems, and so he was going there to show it. And uh, I guess she was part of the team. And that's uh, I never you know you, there's a point where you go like I'm not going to ask any more questions. I'm not going to go. And who's this you're traveling with? <laughs> well, once the door is shut, her. there's not a whole lot they can do, Rick. Her. I mean, come on now. I, I you know I think you ought to start videoing these experiences personally. I think it could be like. You know, a cat, the, the cash cab show or whatever it could be, you know, with Rick on the airliner and uh, and have these experiences. Well, I'll tell you, I did do a, a time lapse picture once of why you should never take the back seat, especially if it's near the washrooms, because it was nonstop people going back and forth, fanning that disgusting air that comes oh my gosh. <laughs> the cans at the back, or they're all standing in the aisle waiting to go. With their all together position right at eye level, and you just <laughs> you just know every oh, one of Rick. these people are bursting at the seams, <laughs> oh, and oh. I'm sitting eye yeah. level looking at each one of them, thinking, "Why did I pick this seat?" You know how many bathrooms there are in a triple seven? No, I have there's, no idea. There's a lot. There are a Magic lot of straight. Ball. There are a lot of straight trips to hell. Uh, little boxes that provide a straight <laughs> trip to hell on a triple seven, and for that matter, on some of the larger Airbuses. And I have to tell you that that over here, in, in just a few days, uh, I too will get to experience this, Rick, because there is no safe position on a triple seven or any of the large Airbuses where you're not more than about 20 feet away from one of these straight trips to hell. So, <laughs> here's how this works, and, and I'm not to get too gross, but but seriously, here's how this works. Before we leave at 8 in the morning, the flights from India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, all of these places in Asia arrive over here to the Middle East. Everybody gets on the jet. They're, they're in a panic. They're in a hurry. Many of them have never traveled before, and they are going to various ports of call within the U.S. to visit family. So they're, they're running, right? They run and they get in. They don't think to go to the bathroom. So... They've flown three or four hours from said location, and they're, believe me when I say this, Rick, the majority of the flight, these people are, are from this part of the world. And so they all get on with me, and we're getting ready to leave. They close the door, and as soon as we take off, they serve a meal because that's what you do, right? You have to eat something nice, and then you're going to get a little sleep. But it's always something of the Middle Eastern variety, filled with curry and spice and hot stuff mm. and and once that ruminates for about 30 minutes, yeah. the straight trip to hell is a short walk. And let me tell you, there, there is nothing worse. There is nothing, nothing worse when it comes to smells than the second hour of any trip 
going to the States from this part of the world. There is there is nothing worse. Well, except maybe about the ninth or tenth hour you're on that thing and they serve another meal and everybody's had time to sweat and, and get really ripe. So uh oh. yeah. I think I think yeah. that could be said of a lot of the long flights too. Yeah. Um you just uh, I've doing Japan and Rob, you've done Japan as we've, well. We've both done Japan a couple of times, I think. Yeah. And so, I yeah. Flew, flew the new Dreamliner the last time, the 787. And I'd heard about how it pressurizes lower, so it's more comfortable. There's more humidity in there in the air. It's just a healthier experience. So I was looking forward to that. And then the light show where they simulate because the uh, the buttons on the – you don't pull the visor down on your window yeah, you anymore. Push the button. Right. You, push, you push the button. Well, that's automatically set up with the lights to help you deal with the time changes and stuff. So as you leave uh, and it becomes evening, things start to darken down. And it just seems like a natural occurrence, time to work that way to your clocks, that uh, the whole cabin has gone dark as it would at night. And uh, it's easier to just sort of tuck in and fall asleep. And, and I did that. And uh, and lucky enough to be able to fly up in the first class section, so you can stretch out. You're in in like a bed in your own little cubby hole. It's kind of nice. And then of course, uh, because you're staying hydrated, and it's important to stay hydrated, uh, you you get the call to the uh, walk of hell, as you call it. You yeah. need to go and visit the washroom. So I wake up feeling the urge, get unbuckled. You even get a uh, the buckles on these uh, bed type devices even give you an airbag, which is fascinating. <laughs> but also a little uncomfortable. So uh, you unbuckle the seatbelt with the airbag on it, and away you go. And uh, so I, I walked carefully. It was dark, and I did feel like I got up in the middle of the night. And until I opened the washroom door and realized, because <laughs> you're constantly in daylight when you fly to Japan. There is no night on the flight. Uh -huh. You are constantly chasing the daylight. You're heading into tomorrow, all that kind of stuff. So as I open the door and am momentarily blinded, stagger in and almost fall into the toilet <laughs> because the window, right. the window there is right. bright. And all the last sight I almost saw before losing consciousness because I hit my head on that oh, slope. Oh, jeez. On the slope, right? <laughs> What's on that? the sloping roof. And uh, and I almost uh, I almost passed out looking at the mountains of Alaska, looking down oh, at all wow. these beautiful snow covered mountains. It was absolutely gorgeous, and I thought, this is crazy because I was convinced it was night on that flight. Coming back out because I think the flight attendant had heard the commotion in there. <laughs> you were, okay, sir? Are you okay, <laughs> Rob? They helped me back to my. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Right this it's way, his sir. First trip to Japan. Oh my goodness! <laughs> right this way, I, sir. I, when I went to Japan this past year, on the way back, I said, you know, if I dip into my fee a little bit and 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 I can I can with some points from my American Express card and a little bit of money, I can upgrade to business class. So I went to do that and found out I didn't have enough points to do it. I said, wait a minute, I got 117,000 points on my American Express. I've been waiting to use it on a trip just like this. Turns out, God love my wife, was buying stuff on Amazon and thought they were loyalty points. She used up a whole bunch of my American <laughs> Express points buying Christmas gifts for our grandkids. Yeah. 
that's a, so, that's a hard one to get upset about. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, I'm coming home, uh, you know, I, Delta comfort plus. So I have a little leg room, but still I was so excited about having this first ever transcontinental business class experience. And, uh, it was, uh, it was ripped from my, my hands by my dear wife who was taking Shopping. care of our family. Yeah. Well, there's nothing better than on freaking Amazon.com. Nothing better than coach. I got to tell you for these long hauls. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I have seven. to ask, Matt, are you flying coach all yeah, the way back? So, so as of as of now, I am because my my miles, which I have a bunch of, I've done this trip like six or eight times now. Just this, just in this you last think, year. I think you own the airline? And you, you would, but no, no, I don't. And and they're 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 blocking my miles until Ramadan starts. But I have to come back before oh, that. So. Gosh. Yeah, so well, I'll be back there. What, what of, about this? Why don't, why don't we do a GoFundMe campaign in the next few days here and <laughs> right. raise, raise enough money for Matt right. to come home business oh, no. class? So now I got to go. I gotta, I'm going to ride coach back there. And, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a racist. I really don't. And I, and I don't want that to come across that way in describing this flight. But it, but it is it is the it's not just me. That has this experience. I've ridden back and forth with this guy that travels. You're sounding like me. Well, no, I've ridden back and forth <laughs> with this me. guy. <laughs> I have ridden back and forth with this guy. Just as luck would have it, uh, three different trips. I've ridden with the same passenger. We found each other in the lobby, uh, waiting to go onto the jet. Three different times. He f- he comes in from a little village uh, in the state of Kerala, which is a, a very rural part of India, way down south. And and we've laughed because we've seen each other several times. He has business there in Atlanta. We've flown in. So one day we, we got moved. Uh, I think it was the third trip I made and uh, we got moved and he, he turns to me and we're going into about hour two and he, and he just looks over at me in very broken English. He says, this is not going to be good. Yeah. And we're all kind of sitting there, you know, because people are starting to, you know how it is. I mean, everybody gets up and they start filing back and, you know, it's just the it's just the circle of life. Listen, we better get to uh, to John Melby, or we're going to be all out of time again because uh, we're we're going well, long I, I, here. I didn't even get to, to talk about you know. I know. My well, seat being taken. let's just call him real quick and, and and see if we can have him on. We we, we owe it to him. All right. To uh, to all have right. John Melby yeah. on. Let's just see if we can reach Hope him. We here. can get him on this time. This we is couldn't the number. do this to him five times. No, in a row. this would no. That would be awful. No, this is the number he gave me. I'm dialing it now. This is supposed to be his direct line. Right. Let's see. Not two ringy dingies. What time is it where he is? Hello. John Melby, this is Matt Jolly, Rick Peterson, and Rob Ryder. You're on the air with us. How are you? Hey, this is Greg Collier. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's hey, not. No. It's Melby's. Melby's pulling You're John Melby. John, how you doing? Welcome to the show. We're glad you're on with us. Yeah, this is Greg Collier, Ace Maker. That does sound like wow, Jesus, John's got him really, down, eh? Greg, is that you? Hang on, let me turn you up a little bit. I can hardly hear you. It's Greg. It is? What are you doing with John? This is Greg. You've got his phone, you got don't Gre- you? You got his phone. No, you called me. No, we didn't. We called John Melby. Are yeah, you two? Yeah, we went to... Okay. Are you guys together? <laughs> I'm not... This, he's done this again. I'm not, I'm not bullying with you. I'm just going to call you. Okay. All right, Greg. Well... Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, this is this is great. <laughs> All right, Greg. Well, we're sorry to bother you. Um, glad. Uh, You're not bothering me. What do you need? Uh, no. Well, we we're supposed to talk? have we're supposed to have John Melby could, on our show. Could and, you be John Melby yeah. for at least ten minutes? Sure, I can be John Melby. Yeah. Well. Oh man. 
We really ought to try and I call John bad. back. I do feel bad for him. All right, Greg, stay safe. Are we going to we'll, see you around at, at a show here before long? What are you doing, like 85, 100 shows this year? Something like that? <laughs> no, only twenty. Only 29. Okay. All right. Oh, oh. All right. Yeah. It's up there. Call me anytime. Right. I'll be back on the show. Yeah, well, we might. You, you never know. Thanks, Greg. All right. Glad, okay. glad to talk right, to you. See you, Bye-bye. Greg. Sorry about that. Man. What is it? Like one digit off air sh- No, I mean. He's an air show hero. He is an air show. He is the air show hero. He has a song That's to right. prove it. All right. That's right. I, thought, I for sure thought it was Melby. I did imitating- too, but I don't think it, I don't think it was. <laughs> He gave us Greg call your okay. number. Well, now, we, now we've run uh, out of time, Matt. Yeah, we have. We're, we're, but, we're all out of time. Wait, you can't run out of time yet, Matt, because I still have not yet heard you share this morning with us, the, uh, at the time of this recording, the fish story of you on the airplane with the lady with the fish. The lady from Iran with the fish, the dead fish that she decided to pull out Get, and you, snack on. Go, yeah. Go you know, we're going to have to do this again because, Rick, you got to tell the seat change story, too, though. <laughs> He's not going to do it. No, no. And, I, you know, look, distance. I, I wanted I got to tell you, I'll tell you one story. OK, well, it will save the, the fish is a long story, but I can tell you this one yes. very quickly. Then Rick can tell his coming home. I, I decided to fly. This is back when I had my L2. You remember my little Taylor craft that I had? Shaw. I don't. Shaw Air Force Base, Sumter, South Carolina area. I decided big storms moving in. I'd flown my airplane down. there. It goes all like 50 miles an hour. So I take off and I'm following. Uh. Danny Linkus had a tiger moth back then, and I'm following him in the tiger moth. And anyway, we're racing over to his little airport, which is like five minutes away. We're going to put my airplane up in a hangar that uh, Hal Ewing, before he passed away, uh, had this hangar there. And so we're going to stick my airplane in there. Kent Peach used to use this thing a lot. And Kent was still at Shaw, so I knew I could use the hangar. So I take off and I I (laughs) zoom over there at like treetop level. This wall cloud is right in front of us. I get the oh, airplane boy. pushed in, and the bottom drops out. And there I am in Sumter, South Carolina, trying to get back to D.C. And I'm thinking, there's nobody at the airport because Danny left. And, and I'm, I'm there all by myself. So I, I, I'm in the FBO, the little hut, and it's not even an FBO. It's more like a, a little metal building where a the phone was. Yeah, a hut. So I, I dial this, this with the, number. With the walk from hell. With yeah. the walk from hell. Yeah, so I dial the number up, and, and this, this old man answers the phone, and it was supposed to be, it said, if you need her, it said, for a ride. That's all it said. And then it had this, this number. So I called, this old guy answers the phone, and I said, I'm at the airport. I, I'm trying to get to, uh, up to Columbia before the rental car place is closed, because I got to get back. I had to get back to D.C. And so he just hangs up. So I call him back. On you? It yeah, just he just hangs, hangs up. up. And he, he just hangs up. I said, I'm at the airport. I'm trying to get to Columbia. And he just hangs up. So I call him right back. And, he, and it, this Southern is honest, hospitality. Honestly, this is what he says. He says, we can't drive if we own the phone. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, he had a point. So like five minutes later, this white Lincoln shows up and there's two women in it. Two Ladies that look like they're not cab drivers, but like they're ready to go out at night. And it apparently a murder had been committed in the back seat because it was filled with mud and blood and like hay uh, stuffed in <laughs> behind the seats. And she says, the car's a little dirty, but get in. And I'm thinking at this point, why not? So I get in and we, we start driving up to Columbia and uh, the lady in the passenger seat turns around and she says, uh, you like to party? 
And I said, well, oh, no, no, she didn't. Yeah, You're lying. I, 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 I like a good party. And she said, well, uh, you know, why don't you not go home and we'll go party tonight? I said, well, I really, I really got to get home. I got to go see my wife and I got to get home right now. And the lady driving says, well, you know, just come party for a little while and then you can get home and do all of that. And I said, well, no, the rental car, you know, it, it closes at five and it's already like 420 and we, we got to get there. Will this thing go any faster? And she goes, it will, but we got to pick up another lady before we go. And I'm thinking, this is not going to go well. So we pull over and this old blind lady gets in the car with us. No, no, no. They, they pick her up at a Dollar General and as we're driving up, she's apparently very angry, too. I'll, I'll have to admit a bunch of stuff that she says. But we get on the road, and, and away we go, and it's, it's a ton of fun. By the time we get to the airport, the three of us, uh, it, it happens. This sheriff's officer pulls us over, and uh, in a very low tone, he, he looks in the car at me, sees the old blind lady, and he says, Son, this is your lucky day. <laughs> he says, Come on out of the car. <laughs> so I get out of the car, and I, I said, How much do I owe you? And he goes, It's a free ride today. And I, and I run into the airport, and I get the rental car, and I, I come back out, and the car is there, uh, the sheriff is there, and the old, the old blind lady is there, but the, but the two guys who wanted to party are not there. And I walk over, and I said, sir, what, what was that all about? And he goes, well, he goes, you know, uh, the one guy used to be a cab driver, but he said, uh, son, let's just say they're in another profession tonight. And uh, every once in a while, they just go down and, <laughs> they just go down and steal the cab and, <laughs> and take the call and see if they can, see if they can pick up some business. And apparently the old lady was, was a legitimate call, and so they picked her up, too, trying to make an extra nickel once they realized they weren't going to get anything out. You can have that he call. He put one of them on a flight to Chicago in the left rear seat of a Dash 8. <laughs> yeah, with, with your surgeon. Thank you, Matt. You yeah. helped me get there. There you go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a circle. I'm what a big you. circle that was. You know, it's always good fun when you're, when you're traveling like that, and uh, you have the time to do it. So, no kidding. What fun. All right, Rick. Last, oh, it's been last... fun to share the stories, but I have to say I'm, I'm leaving feeling a little awkward that we once again did not connect with John Melby. Yeah. Well, we, we tried. We Collier's number. He tried. How did we get Collier's number? No, that's I sent him a text. and I said, John, we've tried calling you. Can, apparently, we got our wires crossed. Can we call you again? And that is the number that he sent me. I won't read he it on the it. air, but that's, right. that's the I number hate he to sent bring me. this up, gentlemen, but maybe he doesn't want to talk to us. I'm just wondering. <laughs> well, that could be. Well, we're very sorry to John Melby yet again. Rick, uh, in the last uh, like 30 seconds, can you can you share with us what uh, your, your seat story? Well, I, I just said, I, like I said, I went to the flight attendant and said my seat seat right. was taken. And right. she said, well, well, we'll get him out of the seat right away. And I said, no, you don't understand. My seat was taken. And she said, I, sorry. And I, I brought her to the seat and, and the bottom part of the seat was gone. It wasn't there. It was just somebody obviously used it for a flotation device. And she said, oh, she said, you're sitting there. And I went, oh, well, no. apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. She said, no, 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 your seat's coming. A child threw up on it earlier. We had to replace it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, no. That one I did take a picture of. Uh, well, you I'm got, glad I You guys have some great stories. I'm sorry I don't have anything more exciting. Well, you than... will. You will. You keep yeah. flying to these shows, and yeah. you will have stories. You ought to stop into Sumter, South Carolina sometime, Rick. Or Rob, Rob, rather. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Say so, so you'll find yeah. a hanger. And what, yeah. what's the number of that cab company? Yeah, I'll give it to you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, stolen stolen cab and two. Well, anyway. 
It's a family. Professional show. women. Professionals. Mm-hmm. Yes, professionals. So, yeah. All right. Well, next time we're going to be all uh, back in our in our respected locations, hopefully, and uh, and be mm-hmm. ready to uh, to do this show in a high tech fashion. Uh, and that's going to be fun. Not not with this uh, bootstrap business I've got going on over here, but uh, I'm looking forward to it, guys. <laughs> well, well welcome home. Yeah, it's yeah two be weeks on our next record date. I will be just uh, actually I'll be headed down your way, Matt, because I'm going to get a chance after being in Alpharetta for a few days, not for an air show, but for a different event. I'm going to come out to your farm and see your new studio and we're going to do a little mic uh, mic shootout and stuff like that. I know we're so going to have a good time. And, and Rick, Rick is going to continue to work with his 99 cent headset that he bought. <laughs> That's right. At the dollar That's store. right. It's going to be fun. Plug it in. You guys, <laughs> yeah. just go nuts. Use go up all nuts. your points. Buy in your big microphones, and I've got my little Logitech <laughs> headset from the call center on right, right here. Yeah. Uh, I'm off to Seymour Johnson and uh, in between, and uh, that'll be fun. I haven't been there before. And uh, then down to Fort Lauderdale. So back to Florida again for the third time. And like you said, it's all nice here. We've got the uh, birds singing. Spring has arrived, and I'm leaving. And so. you're leaving. So yeah. are you off this weekend? as well. Uh, I am this home for and, Easter with my dear mom. It's going to be nice. Great. And then then you head on down to Seymour Johnson. Correct. Okay. Well, I'll be down in that area too. I'll be at Beaufort. So uh, if the Golden Knights are jumping both places, I'll, I'll get a relay and tell them hi. There you go. And Matt will be on his way home. I'll be on my way home and then off to Keesler and then Andrews. So it's going to be a uh, be a fun ah, few. It's going to be a both busy jet few teams. Weeks. Both jet teams there. That's yeah. really cool. And I just yes, I just indeed. got the word. Is it public knowledge yet, Rob, about uh, – I don't know if it's public yet. We better not say it. Uh, you know, I think – you know what? I'm going to say it anyway because Chris Von Sell got in touch with me. Miramar just uh, got the red arrows, so uh, Matt and I will be nice. able to enjoy those guys. Yeah, so uh, they're extending their tour a little bit. So thank you, uh, thank you, Rick, for putting in good words for Miramar for the uh, red arrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The queen you must and, have done that. The queen. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, it was all me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, the queen approved. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to working with them uh, up in Ottawa. Uh, a couple of other shows too, I think, and uh, and uh, they're great. You're you're going to enjoy it. It's different, and it's good to see the Hawk Jet, and uh, they fill the sky. It's it's pretty pretty impressive. All right, guys. Well, until Thanks. until next time, uh, we'll we'll do this again. Hopefully, we will. Yes, if everything works. If everything works, <laughs> <With> Melby is <laughs> Mel- Melby's Melby. the next guest. We'll have John Melby. Right. I promise. This is not a joke. We we really. <laughs> We really have been trying to get him on, and, and we'll get him on. We will get him on at some, yeah. hopefully next time. All right, guys, been All fun. Right. Talk to you next time. See you. Bye. This this seriously yeah. should be the last show that I have to that I have to do in the Middle East. This will be your last time coming to us from coming to over you there. live from yeah the Middle East. You must be happy and looking forward to coming home, Matt. I am, which is really just Cleveland when I say that. I mean, right. Why are you going to Cleveland? Danny does Cleveland and not till Labor Day. (laughs) (laughs) Low flying object just missed your head there. Ah, sorry. That's all All right. right. You ready to start? I enjoyed it. (laughs) Why are you? Cleveland. It's an old radio joke, isn't it, Matt? Here we go. Here we go. Hello, Cleveland.